the best way I kind of try to redirect that is that you're making a commitment to finally put yourself first in your life. Mm -hmm. And then once you keep that aim and that goal for, so once someone can attach to that, like I matter, I'm, I matter because I was born for a reason. I was created for a reason. I have a purpose. And any time that I'm doing things to set myself back, I'm depriving the world of a gift of who I am. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage-ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right. I'm going to show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. So with me wanting to keep it always real and just as authentic as possible, this episode today, we ended up going right into the recording. So I didn't even really get to introduce her. And so I thought I need to come back because this is a great episode. So today I have Evie Fats on the podcast. She is an author. She is a fitness and nutrition coach. She has a cookbook. Like we have a lot, a lot in common. And I am so excited for you to listen to this one because we we took it down just a really just natural progression of conversation. But I learned so much about Evie and we talk about the power of modeling and how important it is to be that good model for our family, for people around us. And Evie is someone that really shows this and you're going to want to save this one and share this one with others. Okay. I am so excited for today, you guys, because I today have on Evie Fats, as I mentioned, and Evie is someone that I was on her podcast first and we got talking and then of course I wanted to follow her and kind of stalk her and I just love that she reminded me of me in a lot of ways of just the no nonsense. So welcome, welcome, welcome Evie. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it. I know this is great. So I want to dive right in because I think right now we're in a we're in a time in there's a crisis in the United States. I mean, just in North America with right now, people are going to go, oh, COVID and they're going to go, oh, masks. But we have a crisis with obesity. Absolutely. Right. Right. And I, I love that recently you've really been sharing a lot of that on your Instagram stories in that, you know, you guys are still looking at this as the symptom. Like we're looking always at just covering up things and versus going to the the source. So talk to me about what you've been sharing a lot on your stories. Well, let's just start with, I don't have any trouble with just saying it like it is. I speak often about the difference of just being nice versus being kind, where kindness actually takes work and it takes work mostly in having difficult conversations and respectfully saying the things that people need to hear um, versus nice, where you're just like, I'm just a nice guy. We've talked a lot about that in the past. So in these current times, especially, I feel like it's really important for someone like myself who is willing to just speak the truth and really put out there what the underlying problems are is so critical right now 
because we've got, yeah. And when I, I hate even using the word COVID again, it's like, I think all of our minds are just going to explode from all of this. Um, But since day one, we're missing the whole entire point. And I haven't been shy about saying, you know, nobody is putting ticker tapes on their news casts about how many people are dying of heart disease, but we're having this ticker tape of how many people are dying of COVID and this, and we've never paid attention really, honestly, within our country, we've never really put any kind of significance or education or government dollars behind educating people on how to get healthy so that when something catastrophic like this comes up, it doesn't do the damage like it's doing now. It's so true. And, you know, you mentioned education and that's funny because I just, we recorded an episode two times ago that we're, we're pivoting in that we're educating. We just came out with LBC university because of that, because man, there's so many myths out there and children just don't know. Like, I feel like if we would start, you know, I I tell my clients, well, I'm, I'm coaching you. I'm actually coaching you to coach your children. Because we know, we know the behaviors are caught. So as much as I want you to get in shape, I'm actually really hoping and praying that this is going to like pass on to your children because we know that we can't make a big impact in just isolating people, right? No, absolutely not. And in my opinion, if there was going to be anything that should have been done at the beginning of COVID, now this is worldwide, is that there should have been public service announcements and stuff on ways to build your immune system and ways to keep yourself healthy. But instead, we just locked everybody down everywhere, right? No one ever at a governmental level ever discussed anything about vitamin D, about vitamin C, about the importance of sleep, right? The importance of moving your body. And instead we lock people in and then people started to drink more, do all of the things, right? Right. That were completely opposite of what they should have been doing in order to fight off COVID if, and most likely when they get it. Exactly. Yeah. It was, and put the fear in, Never mind talking about that. We know that isolation will bring your immunity down. We know that lack of sunlight, you know, we'd almost think it was like intentional, (laughs) I know. Like, if you think that I've been honest, I'll tell you what, that's great. But there are so many things that I think in my head that if I said publicly, people would be like, oh my God, she's a total lunatic and she's a conspiracy theorist, which I'm not, which also is unfortunate because if you have any, any opinions on or views or really for my sake and yours, like deep knowledge in health, you're like, man, I can't help but think that this is somehow not on the up and up, right? Totally. But label you as a kook now, if you have any of those kind of opinions to share. You know, it's so true. Sean Stevenson, actually, if you know him from, um, he has the Sleep Better book. Yep. And he yep. did that really extensive um, research on masks. And it was his first opportunity in seeing just getting attacked on his data. I mean, he'd spent three months, he said, gathering that. And they and he knows how to read data because that's the other thing. People that send medical journal studies, I'm like, okay, well- okay. First, let's tell me if you know how to really read them. And he, he, he did like double blind studies. Like he took the ones that he knew people couldn't p- pick apart and chose like 50 of them. And he was flabbergasted by the amount of attacks. And, you know, I mean, it made me really see into our minds and the filters that we put on it. And, you know, I loved that in your intro and your podcast, it's brilliant because you, I mean, you just said that we live in an algorithm. And so right. we're kind of going down the path anyways of what you want to believe and, the biggest power we can give ourselves, I think, is like unlearning, wouldn't you say? Like, or being oh, open? A hundred percent. 
because of that unintentionally, we, most people don't even recognize or know enough about how algorithms work and media works and Google searches and everything else. Like, unless you run an online business, you really wouldn't even have any clue how that all works. Right. That's the only reason I do. Um, But people don't realize that they're just being fed over and over again, all of the things that they already like or interact with. And it's very evident now, any conversations that I have, or even conversations I overhear that people aren't, aren't hearing both sides of any story, right? People are not getting access to unlimited information for them to kind of decipher through on their own. And then add to that, compound it with a lot of people just now, because we live in such a world of immediate gratification that people are willing to believe kind of anything because it could happen quickly and they would rather have it quick. And you and I both know that in the fitness world, right? People first come to you and they're like, I want it to happen fast. And it's like, well, that isn't the way it works. And unfortunately there's widespread lack of willingness for people to actually do the work that it requires. Yes. It's such a parallel right now. I see the same types of people's, you know, this isn't about, you know, sides. It's really winners versus losers. In my opinion, it's like the winners that are, I mean, you're taking accountability, you're taking ownership. And I just say that like, because it's the truth. I mean, I've said it to my children, like, you know, you got to take ownership here in some things like we all can be, you know, and, and that's the sad thing. It's not about like race, color, party, I I really do believe that like it's a mindset, it's a winner mindset and it's a loser mindset in, in decisions. And, you know, that's unfortunate that it has become so divided, you know, being socially, I mean, my husband, he has no filter and he's not going to have any filter and he posts up and he's had a few, you know, conversations. I love to play the open mind of, I I know where my beliefs stand, but I intentionally go to the other side. And like, just, just a little while ago, I shared an article with my husband, I said, this is what you're seeing on the other side, just so you know what maybe your friends are on the other side thinking, this is what they're reading to then believe that. And it was like, you know, just an article, but I I try to do that. And I encourage people fitness and nutrition. I mean, you know, darn well, how frustrating it is in this industry and that mainstream sells easy. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And the, right. And the truth tellers, you know, are, are the ones that we don't, we don't sell you the sizzle but you know, we're giving you the steak, right? Exactly. It's going to cost you more. It's going to take you longer. That's a hard sell. We always laughed about it. And when I had my brick and mortar coaching facility, it was like, you know, I could make our lives a lot easier if I just did things that weren't right for people. (laughs) But it takes longer to grow a business when you're actually doing things the right way. That's the truth. I mean, we've talked about that recently. We're pivoting, like I said, into an education. It's going to be way more low ticket. Like we're dropping our prices and it was, but because we luckily have kind of that audience to take it that way and really evolve, it's hard otherwise to, to get out there. I mean, if you want to be a really good coach, you know, um, we'll talk about that. There's a big difference between trainers and coaches. Um, I'd love to hear your opinion because one thing you said on your intro was, you know, I'm not a cheerleader. And we actually say that to our clients. Listen, if you're looking for someone to like hold your hand and stuff, like that's not me. I'm here to level you up. I'm here to tell you not necessarily what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Right. Yep. And I think that in the fitness industry too, there's kind of this dichotomy. You have the cheerleaders on one side that are just like, I'm here to cheer you on. And I'm going to meet you at the gym at 6am because you won't get out of bed if it wasn't for me. Right. And then you have this side where they're just brutalizing people where I'm just going to bury your face in the dirt. Right. I'm going to like kick your ass 24 seven. You got to beat the shit out of your body. And 
like the truth as always just lies right in the middle, right? You need, I mean, the most growth people are ever going to see in any area of their life is when they have this perfect balance between support and challenge. Yes. Yes. So I'll support you, but I'm going to challenge the shit out of you. And then when you accomplish things, I'm going to support you again and give you a little kudos. And then we're going right back to challenging you again, because that is where emotionally, mentally, physically doesn't matter spiritually. That is where people grow. Exactly. Well, I always say discipline equals love. I I wish people would see that, that, you know, as you, you shift up every push, I mean, the times that I've had the hardest workouts or the hardest challenges, when I conquer that, that's that shift of your development. You know what I mean? Like your personal leveling up. And if people would only see that's, that's how you grow, you know? So talk to me about Eat, Move, Live, because I know it is a movement for you. I mean, you have a podcast, you're writing a book, you know, I saw you speak at Arte, you know, like you're very passionate about this being a life for people. So talk to me about it. Well, like I said, I owned a coaching facility locally here um, for 10 years, and I really had just gotten to the point where we had hit a ceiling, right? We're in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So there's only, you know, so many people in this area. We coach some people remotely. um, But- we honestly just did transformative things for people's lives and not just transform their body, but we transformed everything about them, the way they thought about taking care of themselves, the self-love that they could now have, like without feeling shame about really building themselves up, teaching women, especially to be more selfish, right? To give more to themselves. Cause that's so cliche and overused, but we really taught people how to do that. And they did it. And then we could see that it was literally changing generations of people. And we're like, these people get this. It's so ingrained in them that it now will be passed on to their kids, right? That stuff changes lives. And I was like, we really need to be able to take this to a bigger audience worldwide is what my goal is truly worldwide. Right. Um, And it's called truth and fitness because I honestly think that most people in the fitness industry are kind of full of shit. And I don't think maliciously so. I piss off a lot of people in the fitness industry because they're like, who does she think she is? Does she have six pack abs now? It's not a personal attack on fitness professionals. It's a lack of knowledge where it comes back to trainer versus coach like we've talked about. I think people have good intentions, but they don't know enough to realize how dangerous the stuff is. And then the lure of profit and everything else gets in the way. And so we were on, we're building a movement that's truth and fitness. Like I don't personally coach anybody anymore, right? Like we have programs and stuff we do. So I love working with other fitness professionals because I've sent people all over the place. It's not a, there's enough people for all of us here, right? Yeah. I agree. I, I love that. The truth is so important. And I think you made a really good point because, you know, my husband's always been very rantish in that, you know, he's anti supplements because he worked for muscle tech for years. And so he knows exactly what they're selling you, right? He hates fat burners. And, and so he always says that, but he has, he knows friends in the industry that honestly are great, great guys that do sell all sorts of supplements. And he knows that maybe some of them might be shady, but the ones that he knows, he goes, honestly, Amy, it's like they're in that filter of seeing certain studies and things that have been funded by that company. And of course it's going to show you, you know, and that's, and, and I think I had to get to that point too, because it would get so frustrating when I'd be like, why is this person selling by Salas? Like, are you kidding me? But they, but their education level of what they know they're selling, you know, they think it's superior to everything else because that's all they know. And so I've had to like, you know, I still speak my truth, but I try to tell them, Hey, no offense to you. I just know that I'm at a different level of my education here and what I know 
to be right and some 45 year old gal that's just trying to like have more energy and sleep better and balance your hormones doesn't need a freaking fat burner right Right? (laughs) and it borders on for me it borders on this like you're actually leading her down the wrong path and keeping her away from her goals because now she's scooping fat burners into her shake before she goes to her you know 45 minute booty class and that's never going to work for her no no well and I can guarantee you that you have stood the test of time because you've not caved to the things because you know you just talked about a brick and mortar I know you've been it's 10 plus years we've been in here a long, you know, 16 years now, you can't stay around in this industry if you um, are trying to sell the quick, the quick fix, because you won't get the lasting results, you don't get the referrals, you don't get, you know, and I mean, you just don't get happy people, right? Because you always see that backfire on that, you know, and, you know, it sells initially, and I see this industry become a get quick, you know, rich, and and then all of a sudden, you're like, where did that person go? How many people are still you know, trying to around. find another so, job, <laughs> trying to find something else to do. That's what they did, right? Right. It's the truth. So that's why back to to EML, and I'll finish on this point is that. So it stands for Eat, Move, Live, and we educate people on how to eat. We educate people on the best kind of movement for them. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we give them lots of mindset coaching and those sort of tools meditations, a lot of journaling and writing. It involves lots of actual mental work so that they can live their best life. So that's where the EML came from. And now we're on, so we've done that for three years and it's spreading. And now I've actually spent the last year developing a coach's certification for it. Um, Amazing. So you and I kind of know like certifications, it's just a piece of paper. Um, For me, I couldn't just bring on ambassadors and stuff if they really didn't understand much of what I do. So I spent a year having people that worked underneath me that I was mentoring and putting through the coaching program so that now this next year we can actually certify coaches to be EML coaches, to take this to that next level where I'm not just complaining about people in the fitness industry. I'm actually stepping up and helping to educate them so that they can coach people because I'm not personally coaching people anymore. Right. That's, I love that. And we are exactly in the same space. I mean, honestly, as of two weeks ago, we dropped our one-to-one like Eric, Eric, after 16 years, he is no longer coaching. And we, Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. We created LBC university and we're basically doing like where we, we have a team of accountability coaches and they'll be in charge of diet adjustments, but all the mindset Everything comes from Eric and myself and really Eric's going to be running it so that we can, and you know, we're going to encourage the the spread of keeping it low cost because our biggest concern with this new high ticket, and we'll talk about this because I know you know yeah. all about high ticket coaching yeah. is nowadays we hired a business coach recently. And it actually was the biggest blessing in our lives because we found out he's a trainer, not a coach because a coach would have been able to see our business as a whole. He literally oh, yeah. came with one nail and a hammer. And that was it. Right. And that's what a trainer does. They can't see. So we ended up parting ways. And that day I ended up coming up with this amazing idea of, we really want impact. Why are we staying this one-on-one, but how do we satisfy the group coaching, but keep their nutrition customized? Because I'm a big believer like you, that you won't stick to it. If you don't, you know, like if it doesn't work for you, that's why I don't feel like there's any diet. There's no, you know, if you like keto, if you want to live living, eating keto, have at it. If you want to do a a low carb, as long as that's something you want, you know, intermittent fasting, again, it has to be sustainable, right? But, you know, the, the education is so important. So the trainer versus coach and the high ticket, you know, let's talk about that. Do you, you know, because one thing I've noticed in this industry is 
people don't go at it long enough, right? They can't afford, like say that, say that they get in with some high ticket coach. I mean, I know what they're charging. Our guy tried to encourage us to charge like a thousand plus a month. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, it's not like I didn't feel like we were worthy of it. Cause if I look at what you are giving someone on the other side, I remember like, for example, I mean, I've had a tummy tuck after I lost my weight, I paid the 6,000 and I would have gladly paid it. Why? Because I knew the outcome was guaranteed on the other side. I'd seen the results. So I was willing to invest that money. So I I never see the cost as something people, you know, like I, I will defend if someone wants to charge more because you are really selling something to someone like on the other side, if they really get there, I can't put a price on how I feel losing my weight and keeping it up. Right. It's worth more than even the tummy tuck. So I know that, but it's the uncertainty is why people, you know, they don't want to invest the money because they don't know if they'll get there. So here they've got this high ticket coaching three months. It's like $3,000. You know, darn well, that even if you're at your fat loss goal, like let's say you've lost the 15 pounds. It took me like five years to get my head screwed on straight in terms of like the lifestyle, right? Correct. That's why I didn't do it. Like when we stepped away, we're one-on-one. We had a team of coaches. I could help people like at that, those price points because we were there every day with them. But once I decided like, I got to reach a lot of people. When I stopped, I had some kind of other mentors and people that were like, Evie, you could be charging, you know, $1,500 a month, like get 10 clients. That would make your life so easy. I'm like, then I'm helping 10 people. That's not what I'm after. Am I worth that? Absolutely. Probably more. Right. But doing it for three months, like you said, I'm really not going to have the impact that then those people have generational changes that they create within their family. So instead, like we did, we brought it down to less than a hundred dollars. Right. So now it's like for the whole 90 days so that we could reach a lot of people just to give them a taste. And then they start getting deeper and deeper and wanting more education. I love that. And I knew that that you were free impact. So I'm like, we align so well with that because we thought the same thing, you know, when he came to us and proposed to us and he's like, all you need, and we have a huge audience. So we're like, okay, we have 190,000 on Facebook. We'll easily get this high ticket. And it just wasn't, then we had to learn sales and how to like manipulate your posts. And I'm like, this, you know, this just isn't our interest. You know, Eric has always been one that just likes to educate Yep. And then that's how we got our clients. And so the moment we made that decision, it was funny because we lost all of our mental blocks for posting because we were having so much struggle because this new industry is all about selling you the marketing, the sizzle, right? Of how I can yep. talk to you when really how much success have you had? You know, how much success have you had with your clients? I mean, and that's where the time you being in this over 10 plus years, you've had the success. You've, you've put the time, you know, in there with your clients. So what do you think if you had to think of the biggest mistake people, you know, like the biggest misconception that your client comes to you with, what do you think it is? I actually just spoke about this on a Facebook live right before our, this recording that people have a false sense of time that's involved in building something like their body, like their mindset, like better health. Um, and I happened to be listening to an interview that Gary V was doing with someone and he was giving the comparison of people think that they go on a diet, they join a program, they do something and they see people that walk by on the beach and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look like that like in a year even a year, right? That are bodybuilders shredded out, looking just like the bomb. People really do think that that's possible. Totally. Right? And for me, I related to the Gary B comment because he said in business, would you really think that you could just start a business and you're going to be like a fortune 500 company in one year? Well, totally. of course not. So people just have these false expectations about what it really is. And the best way I kind of try to redirect that 
is that you're making a commitment to finally put yourself first in your life. Mm -hmm. And then once you keep that aim and that goal for, so once someone can attach to that, like I matter, I'm, I matter because I was born for a reason. I was created for a reason. I have a purpose. And any time that I'm doing things to set myself back, I'm depriving the world of a gift of who I am. So if I can get people there, then it's like, well, does eating that help you be your best self? Does drinking those things make you your best self? Then the daily actions become so much less of a battle. Like the, it, the struggle doesn't ever go away, but it's not a constant battle, right? Like but remote it's less or just a battle. Yes. I love that you, so totally agree with you because you got to flip it. And it's really about your alignment. If people would only see that, and, and this also allows you to love yourself before you get to the physical goal. Totally. It, And it also allows people that have hormone issues or like a rebound or something to love themselves. And we can talk about that through it because you're (laughs) showing up daily. You know, like I've said to my kids all the time that, listen, if you cut corners and you end up winning something, you will never feel good about it. But if you do everything to the letter and you lose, you feel like a badass. Like you just do. You know, me and my daughter did the Spartan race a couple of years ago when I was undergoing chemo. And I said, I I'd said to her, I go, I'm on chemo and I want to show you something. We're going to train 30 days for a Spartan race. And I'm going to show you the power of mindset and how I'm not even going to hardly be conditioned, but I'm going to go in with my grit and with the fact that I know I can do this. Yep. So we did the race and we watched a few people cheat. It was really interesting because if you can't finish one of the obstacles, you have to do 50 burpees on the ground. Now, one of the ones we couldn't climb the rope all the way up. So we knew we tried and then we went right over. Now, keep in mind, we start before this other couple comes over, we're doing our burpees, but yet they leave before us. And we knew the pace, like I knew darn well what was going on. And it was my opportunity to say to her, I'm like, listen, they will never feel as good as when we get to the end. And you know, darn well, Kamele, we did every single thing. I mean, she bawled at the end and it didn't matter about the time she yeah. cried because she ended up getting a contusion in the, oh. so she ended up hitting something. They wrapped her up. I literally thought we were going to have to quit, but she was like, if my mom's going to do it, you know, I have to, like, we have to do this. And I wanted her to see for once in her life that if you can break through the place of where you're crying or you're like just sheer, because she was, she was almost at the place of give up and she mm-hmm. just gave it the one step more. I mean, she sobbed, you know, it was so powerful, right? That so, is. And I, and that reminded me of you and your daughter. So I want you to talk about that because that's another connection we have is your daughter. Yep. Before I do that, I have to tell you, because I would not have thought to tell you, this is so funny. It just popped in my mind. We did Tough Mudders. We did a couple of them back when I owned my gym and a couple of us and clients would do it. And the Tough Mudder at the end, when you have to run through the electrical wires, like I got to tell you, it was like one of the worst fucking things I've ever done in my life. It really, like, that's real shit. Like I was like, they're not really going to electrocute you. It's like, oh yeah, they really are electrocuting you. And one client, it was horrible. By the time we got to the end, we drank our beer. We're like, okay, we were on top of the world. One client, he actually walked around it. And I'll tell you, like, I'm surprised he didn't ever leave our facility because I didn't let him live it down. I was like, don't ever wear that fucking Tough Mudder shirt in front of me again because you didn't finish the race. Don't wear that shit in front of me. (laughs) Agreed, agreed. It's like like the rule of touch the line. You know, like I tell my kids, 
you touch the line. And, and I actually believe, and I know Andy Frizzell has talked about this, and I talk a lot about this with my clients, that it is that's the separator. Oh, that is. is the difference between the person that is going to be really incredible in life yep. and the person that is going to look out for the handouts. Like it, it is, it's the person that puts their card away. It's the, you know, it's striving for excellence, right? All those little things, closing oh. the door behind you, right? All that. But anyway, I totally, sorry, I got a sidetrack. No, I, I was, was like, great. as soon as you said that, I thought of this guy and I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder how he's doing now after I, I totally verbally it. abused him for a long time about that. <laughs> I would have do. I, I was like, why are you wearing that shirt, you poser? <laughs> exactly. Well, I know you're a very good model to your daughter. I mean, I see you guys work out together and I just see the way you talk. I mean, like I said, you really remind me of a lot of the same statements that we say. And you just have such a special story. Um, adoption is very close to my heart. And so, of course, as soon as I saw, I knew your daughter was not the same, you know, she's yeah. not the same race. My daughter is also not the same race. Her parents look just like you and she is Hawaiian Asian, right? So right. I've immediately <laughs> was drawn to you as well because I'm like, wow, that's almost like what, you know, her mother would wow. look like. So tell me your story there. Well, I'll keep it brief for you, but my first child, um, my daughter, Catherine Rachel, she, when I was 27, um, back in 2002, she passed away uh, the day that she was born. And I won't go into deep, deep detail with that. I share that story very openly, um, but in the interest of time that um, losing her and like I've spoken at great lengths about the agony of that, um, you know, burying her, picking out her casket, planning her funeral before she was even born. So here I was, you know, like eight months pregnant and at the wow. funeral home, picking out like her little pink lined casket. Cause I was like, I'm not ever going to get to plan anything for her. Like I'm, I'm never going to see the first day of kindergarten and school pictures and prom and wedding. And so it really is crazy, but I, I needed to um, make her life really matter and show how important it was. And so I really just dug in and planned her funeral and um, did all those things before she was even born. Um, and then spending like my first mother's day at the cemetery, you know, like wow. taking my coffee and some breakfast and my husband and I spent my first mother's day ever at the cemetery. Um, and over time, some of those, you know, deep, deep wounds healed and really through the grace of God, I don't, there's no other explanation for it, but I was always, even in all the midst of all that heartache, I was always able to see this as deeper than just me and my pain. Mm -hmm. It taught me so much about being a mom that I actually had to live the fact that our children are not ours. Mm -hmm. And there's no other way, to, there's no better way to learn that lesson than for your child to, to die right? Like right. you get, there's no avoiding it at that point. Your child wasn't yours, right? Right. Their life mattered, but it was not about you. So fast forward to five years later, when we adopted our daughter, Scarlett, um, I really just feel like I was kind of bestowed upon this gift of treating her like someone that God entrusted to me mm -hmm. to help her become the person that he made her to be. I love that. Right. So I'm just, I'm just a vessel for her. Yes. And I think it's just so often as parents, we lose sight of that, right? Yes. It's easy to think like our kids are ours and they're all about, it's all about snuggling them and loving them. Those are all great. 
but as time goes on and they grow up and stuff, it, it's not about you. Right? No. It's not about you. It's about them and helping them be everything that they were made to be. And so that really is the underlying motivation in everything I do with her. Now I'm not perfect at it. That's for sure. I drop the ball a lot, but that mindset and understanding my place in her life has really enabled me to, to, to do a lot of things right with her so far. <laughs> and now, you know, now knowing this story, it totally makes sense why you are so driven because I see you as that vessel. And I actually see you as separating yourself from her and that this is your job. This is your role. And maybe that's why I have been so drawn to you because I feel like us as mothers, there's so many mothers missing this one their cup is too empty to even pour out. Let's face it. If you're not loving yourself, you're not going to be pouring out to your children. You're actually taking from your children, right? You're taking because you're looking for something for them to fill that you are missing in your own life. Right. And that is hard for people to hear. And I can tell you, there's plenty of people that are like, she's arrogant. She thinks she knows everything about parenting. That's not me. Well, I'm just telling you, I'm not arrogant. I don't know everything about parenting, but a lot of people, way too many people are missing something in their own life that they're expecting to get from their kids. Agreed. And I think that's fair. It's It's not not. your kid. Like I'm unhappy, like something you're missing in your marriage. That's a big one for women. Like something you're missing in your marriage. So you're going to fill that spot with your kid. It's not fair to them. It will cause you devastation once they do move away. If they're even blessed enough to eventually move away from you. Right. Right. Because Because if you've not, even if it's emotionally, like they've got to be able to move away from you emotionally. And I think like even this current generation, like we, this younger generation of people that are having a hard time figuring out life and want everything given to them, it stems from that. So anytime everybody's willing to kind of complain about all this younger generation, these 20 somethings, I'm like, well, someone raised them. So let's go to the root of the issue, right? They didn't just pop out this way. (laughs) That's just it. You know, behaviors are caught. Like I, I wish people would take it literally. If you watch a child between six and nine, I've seen it because we've had nannies and caretakers over the years. And I find it so fascinating that little mannerisms Leilani would catch up on, even if it was like a hand motion or like just something she'd do with her mouth. I always knew that she'd been around someone. Well, imagine that with your eating habits. Imagine that with exercise. You know, like my children will actually grow up in the home of not seeing exercise as something weird. In fact, they probably would think it's weird if you didn't train every day or like do something every day, right? It's not punishment, right? It's like, oh, I've got to go do this. It's like, right. Whereas in my old life, you know, I talk about when I was really heavy, I weighed 230 pounds when my oldest was born. I was a lazy mom. I was Totino's pizzas roll mom. And you know what? Kai will be the first to tell you his eating habits were very, very poor. And he had very poor habits. And it's been very hard for him to change that because he was just eating out of like, I mean, I just, I'm being honest. That's how I was. It's why I'm so passionate about get your crap together because it's not even just about you. I mean, transformation doesn't happen in isolation. I take you and I transform you, but your transformation is going to bleed over to everybody else. Totally. Yep. And it's not that people are doing that with even any kind of awareness, right? Like no one intentionally harms their kids unless you're a sociopath, right? But it's living unconsciously. You're just, like you said, you were just kind of going through the motions, right? So many people are just going through the motions or like running to sporting events. Well, not right now, but running everywhere in this frantic, not like unconscious state. Yeah. It's like this, oh, I'll I'll reach back out to you when I don't have stress. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. never. (laughs) 
Yeah, we all we all have it. it. It's really honestly like, and I'm sure you in your educating, it's you have to teach them almost how to be back in their kitchen and teach them, you know, it's it's the basics because that was never taught, correct? Oh, never. And so, funny so thing talk- is, I didn't grow up in that because my father died when I was 10 and I was the youngest of five girls and I'm eight years younger. So my, the next oldest had graduated from high school that same year that my parents got divorced and my dad commit suicide. And so then I was with a single mom. She instantly went into the workforce. She'd never worked before. So now we went from this family of five married parents within one year to just me and my mom. She worked everybody else was gone from the house. My dad was dead. So it was like, wow, that was a, <laughs> that was a flip of the switch. And so I did not grow up. I always, I tell people, I did not grow up with good nutrition. I was the kid, I was the baby. So I was like, give her a frozen pizza. If that's what she wants, only cheese on it. Right. <laughs> I was like, I ate McDonald's and Taco Bell and that my husband, we laughed. He had never had Taco Bell until he met me and we were in college because <laughs> he grew up in a great, in a great nutritional environment. I, on the other hand, did not. Right. I think that's also why I value it so much is because I can see the implications that it had in my life earlier. And I love it because I, I know, and I know you have a cookbook, correct? Yeah, you have a cookbook absolutely. out. Yep. And and I love that because you just mentioned, and this is something for everyone to listen to, is she wasn't always good at this. I have a cookbook too. I was not a good cook, but don't you believe that that is why you are successful in the kitchen? It's because you got good at it. Like you actually put the time in there to yeah. finally like master I had a, it. I had an aunt who was a really great cook. And I used to remember, I would love to go over to her house um, and watch her cook. It was like, my mom didn't cook. We didn't cook at home. It was like macaroni and cheese. And I pretty much kind of just raised myself and nothing against my mom. She just, I mean, my dad had just committed suicide and she was working all the time. So it was like, it just is what it is. But I didn't, I only had one family member that kind of, I looked to for cooking. I didn't grow up doing that, but I did teach myself. And I think that most people are missing that. I I love when I get like a client questionnaire and they'll say, well, you know, I'm just not really good in in the kitchen. I'll go, wow. Okay. Well, let me tell you something because 90% like this, this is the biggest part of it. So that would be like telling someone that would have to drive some windy pass every day that they got to get, I mean, you got to get good at driving if you want to do the pass, right? Right. You got to get good at (laughs) I'm not a very good driver. (laughs) Right. Oh, I guess I'm not going to do it. I, I think that's where people are. It's, it's just that give up attitude or like we're saying, just unawareness, like they're kind of just floating through life, not realizing I need a pause. And I actually need to take my investment into my kitchen as like a big portion of my day. Like I'll even tell clients this week, I want you to block out an hour to just start looking for some recipes and things. Cause people I'm like, and if they balk at that, I'm like, okay, this is what fuels your body. Like, this is the number one thing that you should be thinking about, you know? Right. Um, and I do think, unfortunately, what happened is when we got so advanced technologically and we have so much information without knowledge behind it. Now people are so inundated with information and noise that then they feel overwhelmed and they're like, I don't even know how to do it. So they already didn't appreciate the value of being in the kitchen and then add to it. They have absolutely no idea if they should eat keto, be a vegan, be a just vegetarian. They should have low fat. Like, so now what happens is they're just stalled out because they're overwhelmed. So then they do nothing, yes. right? And they were already right. in a position where they were doing nothing and now give them a ton of information and confuse them. And now people are really going to do nothing. 
Exactly. And then you're like second guessing yourself and sabotaging yourself because then you're like, am I doing the right thing? Do you believe that everybody, you know, do you believe everyone could benefit from having a coach? Absolutely. I have two coaches right now. (laughs) So whenever people tell me like, oh, I got it. For one, I have to tell you that in my mind, I'm like, you're a little arrogant. You don't really quite realize how much you don't know, (laughs) right? Because you never know everything, period. Right. I think that everybody on the face of the planet needs to have a coach. I agree. And I've had different love- ones in different areas of my life, wherever I feel like I'm missing a piece. Right. So I had an athletic coach when I was competing in CrossFit after that was over, I was like, you know, I need an entrepreneur type mentor. And right now I have a personal performance coach that helps me put all my business stuff together into daily practice because I'm creative and scattered and I never can get shit done because I've, my mind is going a million miles an hour. So it, but it starts with being aware of what you need and then seeking right. out someone that's a really good fit. And I will I like just, I will mention really quick too, on the coaching side in this high cost point coaching and stuff that's going on right now, that's kind of the new thing. Right. And I think I see a lot of people even falling into the trap of they're seeking out coaches and groups constantly, but I think it's somewhat in a way of not doing the work. Yes. Right? Like I'm going to stay in this perpetual level of learning, but it's like, well, how many events and seminars and shit are you going to go to this year? Cause when are you working? If you're just constantly out there seeking out the top of the top, cause we're yeah. inundated with it right now, right? Well, like everybody and- now is a coach everywhere. And that's where you get it. We call it the gap. The gap is where you have all this awareness. So these people that are floating around and going to all the events, they feel good temporarily. They really do because the knowledge yeah. that they're taking in, it's like, it's like a drug, but deep down, they know that it's, it's like they're in the gap. They like have the awareness, but they've not taken the action on it. And that's the worst place, honestly, to be like, I'd actually rather be at the place where I didn't even know that I was just being a dirt bag. And now, you know, at least. Oh yeah. Like, Cause if you're unaware right? of bliss, right? You're yeah. like, <laughs> exactly Pinocchio walking around not even realizing that you're not a real boy right you're just like I'm just a puppet and here I am but everything is grand and you're super naive that's easier it's easier than opening that door to awareness and I think that's why a lot of people don't do it because it's scary and I would say to anyone listening you know one hire a coach and then stick with that coach like if you're going to go hire Evie stay with her and really put your I say put your blinders on I tell that to my own clients because if you have too many cooks in the kitchen just the lack of belief can make you sabotage yourself with the right strategy meaning like you could have had the right strategy all along but because your lack of belief you'll start to sabotage so just put your freaking blinders on and be like all right I mean I owe it to myself to go all in on this and I mean no one's going to like me to say this but give it a year and I say that because I know that doesn't sound sexy, but most of my audience better be like, you know, at this age place where they've been doing this 15 years and not doing it right. You owe it right. to it's give it working, one year. Right? Yeah. No, right. like when we look at obesity rates alone, we started there. It's like, okay, over 65% of this country or in the United States are obese. Right. Like, so what's, what's out there? You have to, people have to wake up. It's not working. Right? It's not working. That's not my opinion. Those are numbers. Those are facts. Nine thousand people are dying in this country of heart disease every year. So all the diets and all the information, we have more information, but less knowledge and worse health. Like, yeah, you got to give, right? 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, my, my brother just spoke like it's the Chinese version of Ted talk in, in China about that. The fat loss industry is actually failing us because 95% of people gain their weight back within three years. So we're failing, we're failing as a society. And it's funny because my brother is really, he's lost his weight and he's kept it off 10 years and it's not because he's on a diet. It's because he's changed who he is. And we've, you and I have talked about that. So talk to me in your EML. You obviously talk a lot about mindset. Is it a lot about habits? You know, what are your primary things that you're trying to teach people that people could listen to right now and go, okay, this is what I need to be focusing on. Yep. Um, well, because when we break it into the E and the M and the L, the E portion, that's why I developed, we trademarked colors, not calories. Mm-hmm. Because although I, nutrition eventually has to be very personalized, right? But not in the front end, right? Like you got to exactly. get people in this funnel first. So when all these people are coming in and then you're like, here's where you need to go. I want people to just not eat McDonald's, to cook their own food, to get a ton of colors. I mean, micronutrient depletion is the number one health issue worldwide. So everybody's focusing on how you count your macros, which is effective for a lot of people, but it's not sustainable in the long term, in my opinion. And if someone was eating McDonald's yesterday, and now you're going to ask them to weigh and measure how many grams of protein they're eating, they're never going to be able to find success in that. So I just teach people like eat at least five colors on your plate. And then we can start going like, do you see how you feel? Because like knowledge is really just out there outside of someone until they experience it in their own body, right? So they've got to feel it. So eat a lot of colors, right? Don't count your calories. Don't count all that other shit. Eat a colorful plate, try new things. And then you're like, oh, do you see how great I feel? I see how great I feel. Now let's take it to the next level and get some inflammatory foods out. Starting people kind of at just the basics. And I can't tell you hundred percent of people that ask me about like what we do, they're like, so is it keto or so are you like paleo or so I'm like, none of the above. I'm anti all that shit because I'm just trying to reach the masses. Exactly. Same thing in movement. Like I want you to move in ways that you love because if you do something that you enjoy, you're going to stick with it. Exactly. And all those things come down to just self-discipline. So all of it in that is wrapped up in the, we all start with self-discipline because people try to be a, um, I would call it like a tyrant to themselves. Right. And if you could, if it was that easy, you could just tell yourself what to do and you would do it. But we all know that's not the way it works. Right. We do things that are bad for us all the time. So we have to have this discipline like we would a child with ourselves. We have to develop that exchange. Like, is this good for me? No, it's not. Well, why do you want to do that? That's the stuff that you need to be having the dialect within yourself. Yes. I, okay. You touched on so many things. I love that you pointed out, listen, no one coach is, 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 it's not one size fits all. I always talk about how I'm two people. I, when I first lost my weight would have been with you. I needed a coach like you. I needed to learn habits. I was 230 pounds. If you would have told me to weigh my food and get really precise, like we are in our physique coaching, that I actually would have failed. I really would have. And I wouldn't have learned anything because I probably would have ate crap food within like my macros or something. Right. Exactly. Whereas whereas if you could back up and just like take the slow road guys and like learn the habits. And like you said, pay attention to how you're feeling. I always tell my kids that they can have anything in the pantry, but I always afterwards will say like, let's say they wanted the fruit snacks because that's always what they want to choose. Then when they come to me 30 minutes later, still hungry, I'll say, so what did you have? And they'll say, well, I had the fruit snacks. How do you, did it fill you up? Because I want them in their own brain to start to register. When I choose this, this doesn't fill me up. Totally. Right. My daughter now at 14 is like there. She's like, we've done that since day one, exactly that. And now 
it's not a matter of like, oh, she's going to a party or going out somewhere. She's be like, she'll come home and be like, I'm super hungry because I was not going to eat that because I didn't want to have diarrhea for two days, right? Like she really will. She'll know. And it's, it's happened where she's gone to birthday parties when she was like nine, 10 and she's got, she's had a clean diet forever. So then she comes home and she's like, oh my God, this is horrible. I'm so sick yeah. from eating this food, right? So she knows what it feels like yes. to use food in her favor or to work against her. And then once you have that experience, you're convicted, meaning like totally. I, I, I use my spicy chicken sandwich as my example. So Eric and I used to love the Wendy's. I'm admitting it, the Wendy's yeah. spicy chicken sandwich, <laughs> but that thing makes me terrible the next, like I'm oh, totally. in, you know, not good. Right. So we did it a few times. And finally I was like, I wrote it down. Like I was journaling and I'm like, this is how I feel after this. So my brain, because so many of us are on autopilot that like a couple weeks later, we do the same thing. I'll tell you what, when I started journaling how I felt about my food, two times, we've never had a spicy chicken since Eric and I, because I now know I'm not, a, I have such a conviction with my experience that it doesn't matter what you tell me. And so I love that. I think you're trying to get your clients to experience it. Like you need to feel it. You know, we're the same. We're just down the road a little ways where it's like, you know, if you're brand new starting out, this might scare you a little bit because we get precise, but of course we still at the end have to pull away calories, pull away the numbers because we know that that is not what's going to keep you there. So we, we tell our clients it's two phases. You've got the precise way, get in and, and really teach yourself that you can stick to it mindset wise and learn to deal yeah. with hunger. And then you actually have to flip your gears and go, I can't be perfect because that will actually make maintenance. I'll fail because perfection is not what you want. Yeah. And so but there's not enough education around there, you know, about that. Don't you think like we don't oh, talk about the other side of dieting a hundred percent. When we first launched EML, we did it as just a membership platform. You logged in and everything you needed was there. And then monthly group calls with me. Um, and then just this year, we added our strong start program to it, which is 90 days so that people really did have stricter parameters to get them going because the EML was great access to all this information, but they weren't at a place where they were disciplined where they would use it. So we're like, we use the strong start now 90 days and this first 30 is hard. It's freaking strict. Like there's nothing like you've got to really I, dial I in. Yep. yep. And then it starts yep. to ease up a little bit over time. So I see the value in getting really tough with people up front. I love that. And yep. it just, and I think it, you know, even just to prove to yourself that you can do it. Like I, I did, um, no sugar during 75 hard. Yeah. And it's, and you know, not that I'm an anti-sugar person. I mean, I believe everything in moderation. I think that yeah. actually for psychology, the moment that, you know, I'm a person that was overweight before you tell me I can't have some, I'm wanting it. I want it. So, <laughs> but I love to prove, I tell clients all the time, like, listen, for a season, I want you to say no to this just so that you don't have anything that has control over you yeah. just to prove that you can do it. And so I do find the power in, you know, the mindset test for yourself. I mean, I, I went through a season where I did a fast day and you know what, it ended up totally solving a lot of my fear of hunger on my other days, oh, because I love, I love squashing limiting beliefs. So what I did was I fasted and I survived obviously. And so any other day that I've ever had like this bout of what I think is hunger, which isn't, I'm like, I remind myself, Amy, you're not dying. You're not starving. And, and your brain goes right to the proof, right. Of yeah. what you've done in the past. So talk to me about your book. What are you writing about? Um, oh, geez. <laughs> this, when, I, when I sold my gym, that's almost been three years ago now. Um, I was selling it so that I could really step away for a while and write my book. 
and we did EML as kind of literally almost like a side project. Like we're going to boost this, but I really want to dig in because I've been a contributing author to all sorts of big publications and I'm a writer. Um, I actually am a sociologist. So it's like, I really, fitness was a separate thing that came in after the death of my daughter. Um, So my book is somewhat of a self-story. My experiences and the lessons that people can take away from the experiences that I've had. Um, I've also interviewed like well over 300 women um, about along the topic of not allowing yourself to matter. So the bit, the book is called You Matter to Everyone Yet to No One. Um, yeah, so it's a deeper read. There's a lot of digging into the consciousness that people will have to be ready to do to approach it. Um, cause it's not just your average self-help, like, you know, have a morning routine and cause those are things I teach through email. This right. is more sharing my personal journey so that people can to start open their eyes to their own life and that they have a deeper purpose and that they need to get after it pretty darn quick because like the tagline says, you matter to everyone because those people around you, you matter, but to no one, because after you're gone, people don't remember your name, right? Like my goal is for as many people to remember my mark that I left on the world as possible, right? To truly leave a legacy. And so this book is kind of the how to do that through my own personal experiences. Well, I'm really excited for it. And anyone listening, I'll tell you what, you need to go subscribe to Welcome to EML Radio. This is Evie Fats podcast. She's a no-nonsense. You know, if you like the, no, I mean, she might trigger you. I'm just telling you that because, <laughs> you know, and, and that's a good thing. I, oh, you know, I did a whole podcast on triggers and how the triggers are, you know, they're, they're telling you something and that you should, if you don't put judgment on them and go, okay, why am I feeling this? It's usually because there's a part of you that knows that there's some truth there. You need to level up or it's a trigger in that, you know, I mean, we see it all the time, but I love your no-nonsense approach. And I know that my audience will get so much out of you. Tell me, where the best place to like find you. I mean, I follow you on IG, but give us all your info. Um, So I'm actually in the process of transitioning my whole entire audience off of social media platforms and nothing to do with this whole, oh, the election, we're all leaving Facebook. That has nothing to do with it. Um, As of 2021, anyway, I was already moving people to our our own platform. So they can go to my website, evfats.com and subscribe to our weekly truths because that's where you'll be able to find me after as of January. So I'm going to put my posts, my everything I do, my story is going to go on a vlog format on that. And right now we just send out our weekly truths that have our episodes of EML radio and all of the relevant information. And then I have a tech service as well that goes along with that that I encourage oh, people. Great. Yeah. Cause it's just really good little inspiring things that help you out educational things sometimes just to give you a little poke or a, you know, a high exactly. five in life. And that's just it. Anyone listening, listen, I totally like support and approve of her philosophy, the way that you coach, like it is right up our alley that anyone that knows our no nonsense, like she's someone in this fitness industry that you do want to have in your circle because she'll kind of snap you back. And sometimes it stings. I mean, I'll listen to it. I'm like, ouch, but it's what we all, you know, need to hear. Um, Evie, thank you so much for coming on today. I think that we'll be doing this again. 
Oh, absolutely. We, there's I so do. many different topics that we could break off and discuss too. And yes. I just have to tell you, like, I really am honored to be on here. And I have been like, I just feel so blessed that I even came across to you and Eric now, because in this world of fitness and stuff, there's just not enough of us. And so I really, I'm so happy that our paths crossed. Well, thank you so much for being on here today. You got it. Right. We'll see you soon. Okay, another episode in the books. And I'll tell you what, I am loving this podcasting gig. I cannot thank you enough for all of the reviews, for the comments that you've been sending me. It gives me an idea of more of what you want to hear. And my one ask here is this. I would love it if you would screenshot this or hit the copy link and share this with people you think would benefit from hearing from me. It's the way I'm going to get my message out, my vision out, and I would so much appreciate it. I will continue to bring episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays with bonus ones on Saturdays with my husband, and I'm excited to share them with you. 